Um, I am, I'm extremely grateful, and I, I do not take that for granted. I do not feel, even though it is part of my job to come and be on the sta- stage or just preach a message, I, 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 I hate the stage. <laughs> um, and so I, I, to me, don't take that as in a way, I, I, we receive that. We, not every pastor, not every church is in that situation to where I feel a, a, a great connection with you. And many of you get it that this is we we are we are the church. I just happen to be the pastor of freedom at this current time. But this is Jesus's church. We are his church. We are his body. We are connected with the church, Big C, amongst many churches, great churches here in Los Alamos. And and we're all on the same team trying to, to, to reach people for Jesus. And so you know, to, to me, that's, that's where I, what I love about this local body of Freedom Church is that it is very much w- w- you guys, us, all together. We are on this ministry thing at this time in this place in Los Alamos, living this thing out together. And when you take your next steps of faith, that encourages me uh, to take my next step of faith. And I know, I know you have a next step of faith. And so just to do that um, is, is huge. And for anybody who's in leadership position, which many of you are, you are leaders, you're great leaders, I, whether you're a pastor or whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a nurse or anywhere where you got to make decisions and oversee and, and lead, you know that's hard. It is really hard, especially in these days and times. If you want to look at our, our global scale, but just things on a, on a local scale, leaders, it is a tough season, and yet we need leaders. We need you. We need you to lead. People need people to, to, to step up and be a light and a hope when everybody just wants to fight and run. So I am grateful for you in this church. Um, that's not the message I have preached today, and I got 21 minutes to get it done. We're going to go through Ephesians, okay? We're going to spend six weeks in here. I'm calling it Unwrapping God's Gifts. If you read this chapter today, but if you read this whole book, which would take you, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes uh, today, this afternoon. It is so full and so rich with treasure. And I want us to see just how what amazing things are in there. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up to Ephesians chapter 1. I read you the first two verses, and we're, gonna, we're just going to download uh, all of this. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to walk us through it today. And so he says in verse 3, praise God the fa- and Father our Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Right there, my gosh. If you feel like you're lacking today, Paul just eliminates that right in, in verse 3. You got everything you need. Well, I don't have this. Well, I wish I had this. If I had this, if I had that. No, you got it all. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Also, by the way, I'm a Bible nerd, and this comes throughout uh, Ephesians. Um, notice, and if you got your Bible out, just go ahead and underline. Anytime you see the word in him, that phrase in him, or in Christ, or through him, just notice how many times you see that in the book of Ephesians. We want the blessings on our own, or in us, and through our works, and look how good I am. He, he, all the things we're going to read about today, just notice how many times it says in him, in him, in Christ, in, to the faithful saints in Christ. I said that earlier on, in Christ, okay? So it is, you just underlined it. It is a major theme throughout this. 
For He chose us, oh, say it with me, for He chose us in Him, boom, there it is, before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for Himself according to His favor uh, and will, to the praise of His glorious grace that He favored us within the Beloved. We have redemption in Him through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace that He lavished on us uh, with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure that He planned in Him for the administration of the days of the fulfillment, bringing together everything in Messiah, both things in heaven and on earth. We also have received an inheritance in Him, predestined according to the purpose of the one who works out everything in agreement with the decision of His will, so that we who are already put our hope in the Messiah might bring praise to His glory. When you heard this message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed, come on, we can get excited about this. When we believed, okay, you're going to get excited by the end of this because this is, I mean, I'm telling you, this is, an, this is a buffet of stuff. You were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. He is the down payment of our inheritance for the redemption of the possession to the praise of His glory. Now, I could just say amen and we walk away, but you wouldn't get anything out of that. You'd be like, huh? I don't know. I just heard in Him. All right. My question for you, just as, this is an all-skate. If you were to eat at lunch at an all, all-you-can-eat buffet, all right, it's, it's, it's all-you-can-eat, all-inclusive, everything you want, what would you be looking for right here, right now? I'm going to get your stomachs a little bit hungry. All right, all-you-can-eat buffet, what would you get? Tacos, what? Steak? Crab legs, steak, salad, ice cream. ice cream, all right, yeah, 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 all right. So we have in our mind, hey, I, you know, I'm going to go for that, that dinner roll, that buttery roll, or something like that, all right? I didn't hear anybody say goldfish. I'll take some of the goldfish crackers that they got in there. No, if you got all-you-can-eat buffet, you're going for that thing that you've had your mind and, and that you've set, on, set for. All right, now, for a lot of us, and the challenge here, we just got listed a whole buffet that we're going to walk through here of, of things that are on your plate that you have access to. It's yours. It is yours. It is your inheritance. You can have it. But too many of us, myself included, we go through the day saying, ah, I'll take a granola bar and head on out the door. You have access to every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, graham crackers, I'll take some graham crackers, I'll just go on my day, it will satisfy my hunger, and I need something quick anyway, and so I'll just move on. No, Paul is writing here to get your attention, all six chapters of Ephesians, to say, I got treasures to unload here, we got a buffet of stuff, I want you eating well, spiritually, all right, so Maybe next week I'm going to hand out forks to everybody in the, in the thing and say, hey, don't, don't, we're, we don't need bibs, all right? We're, we're, we don't, I, you you got to bring a fork so you can feed yourself because we got a steak for you today, Ryan. Bring the steak knife and the fork. we got a buffet to go through. Now, just a little bit of context. Paul is writing this. Paul's writing this about, I don't know, roughly 10 years after he started the church in Ephesus. If you, he writes three times in this book, in this letter to the church here, that he's in prison. 
Not because he did anything bad, but it says in Ephesians chapter 6, 20, he says, I'm in chains for Christ. He was preaching about Jesus, and they threw him in jail. And he's not just in jail like, oh, I'll be out in a couple days. No, he doesn't know if he's going to live or die. His life's on the line. He could very well, in a Roman prison, die for his faith. His life's on the line. Have you ever, have you ever seen in a, in a game where people are trash-talking? I mean, they're just talking a whole bunch of smack. Do you know why people trash talk in games and sports? Because it works. All right, our family, very competitive. It doesn't matter if we're playing Mario Kart, all right, on, on, the, on the Nintendo Switch, we're trash talking one another, all right? We're, we're, we're playing different little games, and we love to have fun, and we trash talk. And it, I mean, like yesterday, we went to Balloon Fiesta. Jeremiah kind of, he, he was walking, then he tripped and fell over. And I'm doing the little L sign, like, ah, you know. We, we can joke with one another, and we're always just kind of throwing up the L sign. Now, sometimes we got to, like, rein that in because they start crying, and then we're like, okay, I feel bad, you know, all these sorts of things. Not that you ever trash talk your kids or anything like that. Like, it's, you know, we have fun with it. It's kind of a, a family thing. Trash talking works. Why do you see it done in a sport or a game? It does two things primarily. When you see someone trash talking, one, it'll get the other person distracted. Their focus is now on you or what you said or how you said it or different things, and they are um, just getting in your head. It will also, besides distracting you, trash talking will also discourage you. It'll get you down and defeated. Paul's in jail. And it says in Ephesians 20, it says, I'm in chains for Christ, still preaching. I got to imagine if I'm Paul in that situation, he's got plenty of things running through his head. You're in jail. You finally, it finally caught up with you, dude. You know, you remember when you used to persecute Christians and put them in jail? I know you gave your life to Christ, and you've been starting these churches, but you know what you did, and it's all caught up to you. You're done. You're finished. This is it. This is as good as it gets, and that's it. You can, you can imagine, he's human, that it's not all unicorns and rainbows inside this jail, and especially inside of his head. Trash talking works. For me, I know, like, hey, I, I received the encouragement, okay? And I needed it. This week is not, I don't know why I didn't ask for it, but I've just felt uh, over the past week or two a heavy wave of discouragement and anxiety. I didn't ask for it. I didn't want it. I can logically explain it away. I know, I tell Rita, I was stressing about finances or whatever. And I said, hey, I, you just need to know this. I know we're okay. Uh, we've got a budget. We've everything, we're working the budget just like we planned. Everything's good. But I didn't ask for this. I just feel a lot of, I'm worried about it. And, and, and she kind of just said, well, you know, this, this is, I said, I know that you know. And I've told myself all the things. But when anxiety hits, you know. I didn't ask for this. And so I don't have to stay there. I know how to defeat anxiety. Sort of what Rita was talking about. Hey, I don't give thanks. I'm going to give thanks. I'm going to tell people about it. I'll pray about it and these sorts of things. I'm not going to sit there in it. But when it comes, I didn't ask for it, and here it is. I'm going to deal with it. I don't know about you. What, what comes into your mind, what keeps you from the buffet? If I were to say, hey, 
I need you next week. Come up here. You got a great story. God's got something to share through you. And, and I, I, think, I think we need to hear from you. Now, I'm not going to do that. But if I did, I know you. You think of a million reasons as to why you're not the one, why you can't, why that's too soon, how you're too busy, how you got all these. You would have a million reasons as to why you can't. Trash talking works. Fast forward. You got, okay, we're, start, we're just a few verses in here. But if you look at the end of this book, all right, it culminates in the, 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 the armor of God, right? If you know your Bible, you read the armor of God. And that's like my favorite section of Scripture. I preach almost like every year or two on the armor of God. We just spent six weeks going through there. But he says, you're not fighting a battle of, against flesh and blood. We, you got an enemy, Satan, who wants to just taunt you with your mistakes. I can't, be on, I can't say anything. I can't speak up at work. I can't do these things. I can't serve because you, you know what I've done. I'm too messed up. For guys in the room, I know a lot of us because I'm, I'm in this world. We are providers. We, we want to provide for our family, whether that's financially or just in resources. We like to take care of things and solve things or whatever. And so we provide. But if your job were to go away, if you lost your job or you lost your ability to provide for your family in the way that you want to, and that would not be a good thing. We wouldn't celebrate that. But at the same time, a lot of you, your, ide- your identity would go out the door with that because you built your identity on your who you are is your job. Who you are is your ability to provide. And when that goes, oh, here comes the insecurities. You're no good. You can't provide. You can't lead. See what you've done? Your family hates you. Your kids want nothing to do with you. And all of these things creep up. Why? Because trash talking works. The scene of the crime is so often your mind, right in here, and the stories you tell yourself. Here's why I can't. Here's where I messed up too much. I'm divorced. I'm this. I'm that. That's not who you are. Paul writes it all down. All right, so we got a course today in identity, Identity 101. Let's break this down a little bit to see who you are in Christ. If you want to know the sermon in a sentence today, all right, what's the one thing I need to know today? Know your worth. Know your worth. Whoever you are today, I don't know, you you need to hear this message, that you have value, that you have purpose, that it is not over yet, that you do not need to give up, that that, that it isn't like, oh, well, the best days were behind me. No, your best days are ahead. Why? Let's, let's unwrap some treasures. Let's dig and find some treasures. In verse 4, for he chose us. You want to know, know who you are? You're chosen. He chose us before the foundation of the world, which means, guess what? He picked you before you even came to church today. He wasn't like, oh, well, you came to church today. He, uh, you know what? I like that about them. They're, they're here. They're making good choices. I think I can. No, 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 no. He chose you before you did anything, just out of love, before you messed up, okay? It's not just even about the good things you've done. He knew all the sin in your life. He knew the biggest regret, that thing. He knew that was going to happen, and yet he still chose you. 
right? He, 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 that's, all right, so we're right there. He chose you. He chose you what? To be holy and blameless in his sight. I know me. I wouldn't pick me. I wouldn't pick me to be up here. I know you. So oftentimes you look in the mirror. You hate the person in the mirror. I wouldn't pick me. I know me. I know the thoughts. I know the things. He chose you, and when he sees you, he does not see that. How can I be holy and blameless in his sight? It's because of in Christ. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. Jesus did the perfect work and the perfect sacrifice for you and I. He set you apart. You are holy. That means you got purpose. You, you, you are set apart. Let's keep going. In love, he predestined us. Now that is going to get a theologian all stirred up right there, all right? Just throw out the words election and predestination, and you're going to get a lot of people going, okay, listen, 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 listen. This is one thing, and, and, and I know some of you guys might hear this and be like, what? The idea between God is sovereign, He is sovereign. God is sovereign. He's in control, all right? Versus humans' responsibility. I, I got to do something and contribute too. If you read that in Scripture, guess what? We talked about that for four weeks. God is coming back one day. Jesus is coming back and He expects results. He's expecting you to live on mission. So I can't, I don't have the luxury to say, well, God is sovereign, all is in control, and I can just kind of just sit here and do His thing because He's going to do it whether He wants to or not because He's in control. No, Bible clearly says there's some human responsibility. Mike has some responsibility to live this thing out. At the same time, if I'm like, well, it depends on me. It's all responsibility on me. God said, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do that. And I guess, you know, he'll do whatever he does based on what I do. That's putting it all on me. That's unhealthy too. And the Bible doesn't give you a blueprint for how those two work together. It is a mystery that I don't believe will ever be solved in our lifetime. I believe both to be true. God is sovereign. And guess what? You got a responsibility that one day you will be held accountable for. And those two both can be true, even though they seem contradictory. All right. I, I, I heard it like this um, from a seminary professor where he was talking about imagine yourself uh, on a zip line with like holding on to a thing and you're going across one of the canyons in Los Alamos. All right. And you're going across. And he's like, if you lean all the way over on God's sovereignty, like everything's in his control. All right. I'm just uh, there's no responsibility on my part. God's going to do what he does. If you lean all the way over on that, and put all your weight on that. You're going to get jacked up real fast trying to cross that canyon. Same thing. If you go all the way over on human responsibility and, man, you know, just my salvation and everything just depends on me, you're going to be really, you're going to be hurting. You're not going to make it across. You're going to be jacked up. And it's this gray, messy gray in between where I, God's sovereign, he's in control. But guess what? At the end of the day, I got to do some stuff too. And so I, I don't believe it 50-50. I believe it 100-100. And I don't know how to explain that, okay? So, whoo-wee. <laughs> uh, oh, there's another quote I said. It said, if you try to explain predestination, all right, how did God choose me before the, the beginning of the world? How, if you try to explain predestination, you might lose your mind. But if you try to explain it away, you might lose your soul. So I just, I, 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 that's, that's heavy. I'm, I'm going to keep moving on. But in love, he predestined us to be adopted. Stop right there. Here's another treasure. He adopted you. You are in the family. 
You are considered to be one of his children. If you are in Christ, you're a child of God. All right? And that has dual meaning. One is present. You're in the family now. You have access to the inheritance now. But it's also not fully realized because there's more of an inheritance in heaven, too. You are predestined to be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself, according to his favor and will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he favored us with his, within the beloved. Guess what? You have an inheritance in heaven, but God considers you his inheritance. Ever think about that? You, jacked up you. You, messed up you. You who's afraid you, you who's anxious you, you who's depressed you, he is fond of you. You are his inheritance. He want, he's like, I, I love you. I want to be with you. You are mine. I love you. He favored us. We have redemption in him through his blood. You are redeemed. Rome in that time, roughly the, the scholars would say there's about 60 million slaves. You could buy a slave and, and treat people like property in that time. You could also buy a slave and set them free. All right? You have been redeemed. You are free. You are not a slave. We have redemption in him through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. So here's another treasure. You're forgiven. You're not accused anymore. Or maybe you are accused, but I want to tell you, like, we have an enemy who loves to trash talk you and accuse you of things. You're no good, you messed up, you did this, you did that, you're this, you're that. And he's going to bring that all to the Father and say, do you know what Mike did? He's up there preaching on stage. Do you know what he said to his kids at the balloon fiesta yesterday? And Jesus is going to look at him and say, paid, I paid for that. He's like, no, 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 no. Do you know what he did here? Do you know what he did there? He's like, yep, paid for that one, paid for that one. Paid for that one, paid for that one, 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 that one. They're all paid for. You don't got to pay again. That doesn't give you a license to go and live like hell and live however you want. No, it's to understand the grace of God that I don't have to work to earn it. It's been paid for. You're forgiven. Are you getting any treasures out of this today? I hope you are because we're just going to go through this here. It says, according to the riches of his grace. It's been paid for how? By grace. It's paid. The bill's been paid. I don't know. I've never met anyone, and I love going to coffee with you guys. I love going to lunch with you guys. I've yet to go to any sort of lunch with anyone where someone pays the bill, and then the other party who comes and says, you know what, you know what, you know what, I know, I know, like, you paid for it, but I didn't pay for it, so I'm going to go back in to the restaurant again, and I'm going to go pay for that bill again. No, it's been paid for. Then, it's been paid for in His grace that He lavished on us with wisdom and understanding. Wisdom here means the ability to see the world from God's perspective. You have some wisdom in your mind. You can see the world from His perspective. You can see some things in the world, and you have God's eyes now. You have understanding, understanding and insight. It's the ability to see the right action in any situation. God's Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, you know, I don't know what to do here. Now, we don't always do it. But God, God starts speaking to you. You see the world for, through His eyes now. He made us known to the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure that He planned in Him for the administration of the days of the fulfillment to bring everything together in the Messiah. We also have received an inheritance in Him 
predestined to according to the purpose of the one who works out everything, so that we who already put our hope in the Messiah might bring praise to his glory. What are we doing this for? Why are we here? To bring praise and glory to him. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed in him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. He is the down payment for our inheritance for the re- redemption of the possession of the possession to praise his glory. Listen, that right there, if you're wondering, can I lose my salvation? Can I ever screw it up so bad that I'm out? Man, look at this right here. It's one of the strongest verses here. When you got saved, when you heard the gospel and you believed, he put down a down payment like earnest money, which is the same thing you do when you buy a house. Say, you know what? That's mine. Another way to think about it, it's kind of like this engagement, like an engagement ring. This is a wedding ring, but at the same time, like when I put that ring on, I said, I like it. I'm going to put a ring on it, right? That's a promise that maybe the full thing hasn't been fully fulfilled yet, all right? But we are called the bride of Christ. And he says, no, I'm committed. I'm in. You are my bride. And he's just said all of these wonderful things about how chosen you are and about how loved you are. And I told you, trash talking works. So my question to you today is, why are you holding back? Why are you sitting back? If I were to ask you, hey, I need your help next week, I want you to come share a testimony, share a word or something. And again, I'm not going to do that, but that's just an illustration to point out your anxiety and your starting to lose your breath. I can't. Here's a hundred reasons as to why I can't. Why do we sit back? When we have God on your side, Romans 8, another great chapter to read. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God's for you, who can be against you? And I, I, I know, I'm like, hey, listen, I know a lot of people who can be against me. I know a lot of people who do not want to be here because most of them are not here. Not because they don't like us, because they just, they're against whatever. No, when God's on your side, he says, since he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Say this with me. No one. Wait a minute. I am being confused. No, 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 no. When God's on your side, paid for, paid for, paid for. Who wants to make an accusation? Because I paid for that too. Bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. Tell the enemy he's been dead and defeated Jesus paid the price. Start talking back a little bit to the enemy in your head. Let them know the truth of your identity. This is what it is. We, have got, well, we sit back because we have forgotten who we are. You have forgotten who you are. You have forgotten whose you are. Why do you sit back in fear? Why do you sit in your anxiety? Why are you thinking about giving up or holding back or staying stuck or whatever when God's called you to so much more? We're, this is where we are headed in Ephesians unwrap the gifts in this season before Christmas comes because they're at your disposal right now. All right, I'm hyped about this because as I'm reading this, I needed this, but gosh dang, I feel like us as a church, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I feel like there is a lot in this season of discouragement and frustration. I, 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 maybe you're like, hey, I'm fine, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing great. But I feel like in this season, and maybe it's a Los Alamos thing. I don't know. I feel like people are overwhelmed. They're frustrated. They're discouraged. There's, there's a lot that is keeping us paralyzed and stuck. So what we're going to, we're going to end this now. 
and we're going to end this a little bit differently. I don't, I don't, I, I was thinking about how to do this, and, and Robert said, we're going to have a time of prayer, but I, I just feel like, kind of like an old school altar call, all right? Luke's going to come up and just play some music in the background. But I feel like if something is pinged in your conscience or soul, like you're no better or worse if you come up or not. I don't really care about that. But maybe just as a symbol of surrender, maybe just as a, I'm, I, I, what I'm going to do, Robert and Andy and myself, we'll be up here. If you want prayer, like we'll pray for you. But maybe it has nothing to do with that. Maybe you just need to come and use this just as a symbol of an altar to say, you know what, I'm just going to come and pray. Frustrated. I'm tired. I don't know where God's at right now. I'm mad at Him. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm not in Christ. I want those things. I want to get saved. Me coming up here is an act of surrender to say, you know, this is this is why are we here? It's to worship and praise and give glory to God. So we're going to do things a little bit different today. I was just like, hey, if you want, if you want to leave today, that's fine. It's, you're no more spiritual or less spiritual if you participate or not. This is not Freedom Church. We're not called Freedom Church for nothing. But I do feel like calling a little bit of an audible on how we close today to say, you know what? Let's do some business with God. Maybe it's right there in your seat, but sometimes there's just something about posture, getting on your knees, that just changes the whole humility thing. If you come here today and you connect with God through that, then that's why you came. When we started Freedom Church, we didn't start it to play church. When we started Freedom Church, if I'm being honest and read it too, we, we, like, we didn't want to start Freedom Church. We kind of hoped it would fail so we could say, hey, God, we did what you told us to do. It failed. Now we can go do what we want to do. But yet here we are. And that, don't take that for me like, oh, well, Mike hates it. I don't want to be here. No, you couldn't drag me away. I'm where God called me to be. I'm not perfect. But I'm doing what I know I'm supposed to do. Come on, listen, we just need to get right with God this morning. So here's I'm Robert Andy. Come, let's, like, I'll just keep rambling. You guys come on up. Luke's going to play. This is how we're dismissing today. And so there's no real time limit on this again. But um, I'm going to pray. And then you can just come. If you feel like you want to come and get prayed over, you need healing today. You need some direction. Come to these guys. God moves when they pray. If you just need to come up here and surrender some things at the altar, then you just do that too. Make this your time of worship. So Father God. Let's all just stand, by the way. Let's just stand. Father, just thank you. These treasures. Wow. Money can't buy these things. Ephesus was a rich town. It was nicknamed the Bank of Asia. Full of wealth. Full of, 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 of riches. And Paul's like, hey, you better be banking in Christ, not in the material. So, Father, today in these moments, this is just a cry and a plea to say we're banking on you, Jesus. We say thank you for the glorious riches. <laughs> Too much for us to even think or even imagine, as you'll say in chapter 3 or 4. But today we just say thank you 
Today, we humbly submit and surrender. Father, I just pray in these moments, change eternity in these moments. Speak to us the next step so we can go live this thing out courageously. Whatever's holding us back, whatever's holding us back in these moments, the enemy's trash-talking us in these moments, keeping us stuck in our seats, stuck in our problems, stuck in some pain from 10 years ago, and we won't move on. Father, in the name of Jesus, in Christ, move powerfully. With a heart of surrender, we say yes to you. Father, do a work that only you can do. We pray that in Christ, in Jesus, right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.